having queries and mutations and defining a schema is sort of like a barrier to entry for a lot of people. But if we can eliminate or simplify a few of those elements, then we can really like help people. You don't have to be an expert at service integration in order to build something cool. You know, making things accessible is something that makes me really excited about the Jamstack. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to the installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, I got Andrew Sprouse from TakeShape. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Brian. Good to be here. Yeah, excellent. So we met months ago at Jamstack New York, correct? That's right, yeah. And I'm not sure where things were taking shape, pun intended, um, as far as your, your company we are throwing together. So I guess let me know what you're doing right now, what you're working on, and what Take Shape is. Yeah, absolutely. So back at Jamstack Conf, we were the guys who were passing out cool Jamstack t-shirts out of a suitcase. So we were obviously really excited to be there. And I think that sort of stretches back to the origin story of Take Shape. You know, Take Shape is the product of our own frustrations of working with Jamstack-like technologies at various different companies and then building a solution that was for headless content management and static site generation and then having this community form around it and call it the Jamstack. And so when that came about, we were really excited to join in and really you know, label TakeShape as a platform for Jamstack developers. So when you say we, who do you mean by uh, we? Do you have a co-founder? Yes, yes. I mean my co-founder, uh, Mark Catalano. Mark and I met in literally our first class in college 16 years ago. And we've been working with each other um, at various different companies for the last 10 years. So basically we had these ideas kicking around. And then when it came time for us both to like move on to the next step, we were like, well, let's do this CMS idea. Let's build this thing and see where it goes. On your site, you, know, like, you don the term Jamstack, and you call yourself a Jamstack company. So when you started this company, I guess, did you start the company around the time you started shipping suitcases up to New York to hand out? No, no. Um, so we started it as a project inside of a creative agency in 2016. So the name Take Shape came about around July 2016, and we shipped the first version late that year, and we're onboarding customers of Mark's creative agency, which is Ronick Design in Brooklyn. And so it actually took until like last year, around the time of Jamstack.conf, that we were actually doing a full push and pushing it as its own separate entity. So Mark sold his share of his creative agency and went all in on TakeShape and the Jamstack. Excellent. So as of today, you have a CMS? Yeah, yeah. So at TakeShape, we started as a CMS, and then we realized that there's other elements that are needed for a Jamstack site. So one of the first things that we built was also a built-in static site generator. And then we had a lot of positive feedback from 
is sort of headless CMS, static site generator combo. And then what people were asking us next is sort of like, well, this is amazing. And now I have a bunch of other Jamstack services. I want to do things like e-commerce and analytics and search. You know, how do I integrate this whole ecosystem together? So that sort of pushed our company to the logical next level and a product that's currently in alpha right now, which is called Take Shape Mesh. Okay, yeah, and I, I was I was peeking at Mesh. I think back when we first actually started talking, uh, I saw the little header on the banner of your site. And so, do you want to explain, like, as high level, like, what are you trying to accomplish with this thing that's called Mesh? Yeah, absolutely. So, Take Shape started as a headless CMS, and what we allowed you to do is using the GUI define your data models, and then we would generate out for you a GraphQL API. And so what Mesh really is as a concept is the ability to sort of apply that way of data modeling and that sort of generated GraphQL API and apply it across multiple services. So you can imagine defining a blog post content type and then, say, having a promotional product that's actually stored in Shopify and gets all its fields from Shopify. Yeah, so like the beauty of the Jamstack is that you have a lot of opportunities and choices and like decisions that you can make to make flexibility on whatever your workflow is, but it sounds like you were hearing from people that they didn't want as much choice, so you had a static site generator instead of a, C- a headless CMS, correct? Yeah. Is Take Shape is your path to build different workflows or streams of getting sites together? Well, so what I would say is it's not necessarily that we were hearing that people wanted less choice. It's just that what people wanted were they they were unsure of how to combine things together in a cohesive way. And so what we're trying to do is allow people to have the flexibility of whichever vendor they want for whichever service and then enable them to do that in an easy way. And one of the amazing parts of the Jamstack is it's really enabled sort of more new engineers to be able to build advanced products and websites. So what we wanted to do is be like, well, you don't have to be an expert at service integration in order to build something cool. And so that's the audience that we're building for when we have things like the built-in static site generator. We actually have a lot of customers who use Gatsby, and we love that people use Gatsby and think it's an amazing project and is certainly way more advanced than our built-in static site generator. But it, you know, if you're trying to do something really simple, you know, Gatsby is kind of like you know a jumbo jet to go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Gatsby, and I, I I get that feeling. Sometimes I don't reach for it, especially from small projects or projects that I'm sort of testing or feeling out things. I find that if I end up having it long live, like sometimes I'll, I'll attach myself to a Gatsby template that I don't like, so then I end up rewriting more stuff than I really needed to. I'd love to find like the perfect Gatsby template that I can just tinker with, but I haven't found that yet. Um, it always ends up being like whatever the the most bare bones version is, right? And then with no no design or UI at all. Yeah. So we just wanted literally, how do we get? HTML onto a CDN. No other promises other than that. The most basic possible static website. And so we were combining GraphQL queries from TakeShape's own API and then HTML templates, which were sort of 
their their Nunjux templates and just being able to shoot that to Netlify or S3 or Google Cloud Bucket, whatever your workflow. And I'm not as familiar with Nunjux, but Nunjux, does it have a build tool built into it or are you adding like Gulp or Webpack to that? So Nunjux is the library from Mozilla that's inspired by the Django template family, so Jinja or Django templates. Okay, very cool. So then stepping back into the, the, the mesh world, I imagine like yeah. not everybody knows GraphQL and not everybody's up to speed. So are you abstracting away the idea of GraphQL or are you expected to also know GraphQL if you're going to leverage, take shape, and use the data from there? Well, well, that's kind of the beauty of it is that you don't need to know how to implement a GraphQL API to use TakeShape or the Mesh product. What we do is we give you the GraphQL API to ingest because that we find that for a lot of people that's an even more convenient way to consume an API where in our product we have the graphical browser and you can just pop in and experiment around with queries and it become to watch like a new developer go in there and experiment with the queries and be like wow okay this is what i can get back there's like less hesitation for them than ingesting like you know heavy api docs and then being afraid of trying it out and having to set up postman or something like that yeah so you're this Again, I guess you're just removing that friction. Yeah, you know, GraphQL. I feel like it's a bit daunting of a word because it, you know, it sounds really complicated, and the idea of having queries and mutations and defining a schema, you know, is is sort of like a barrier to entry for a lot of people. But if we can eliminate or simplify a few of those elements, then we can really like help people become comfortable with at least querying a GraphQL API. Yep. So I'm curious. I've actually talked to quite a few headless CMSs on the space, and I'm curious, like going back to the origin story and you figuring out that you either were a headless CMS or that you were just trying to be a CMS like WordPress or Drupal at the time? No, so we were really inspired by a product called Webhook, um, which was a really early thing that was built on Firebase, had a built-in static site generator and GUI content modeling tools. But what we really wanted was we really wanted to actually have a true API separation between the static site generator and the CMS portion. So we were frustrated when Webhook went out of business. So we were like, finally, this is the nail in the coffin. Yeah, I didn't even know Webhook had a business, to be honest. I, I remember the, their product, but I guess that's probably why they went out of business. Yeah, it was $9 a month. It was an amazing deal. And they got tired of supporting it, and they weren't making any money because they didn't charge much for it at all. So we really were saddened by that. So initially, Take Shape was to be this type of combo, except we had this robust API layer. And early on in 2016, we bet on GraphQL because, to be honest, as developers, we're like, well, we don't want to write a ton of endpoints to support every little different format of data that people want to get back. We should use something more flexible. And when we saw GraphQL, we're like, well, this will make our job easier. We'll do the first version with GraphQL. And then if people really protest, we'll implement the rest endpoints. Did anybody protest on the, the GraphQL? No. <laughs> we 
people were like, hmm, GraphQL, this is interesting. I've never heard of that before. And then when you show them a few demos of what they can do with it, they're like, oh, yeah, I see why this is useful. This is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's a testament for GraphQL too, as well. I think the problem is, I think this is also, I conflate this also to like how Redux was introduced to the community for the JavaScript space, where a lot of people wanted to talk about like specs and like structure and data flow pipelines and bindings and all this other stuff. But if you just show people real data and how to get it and see the benefit like with their own fingertips, then I think that's a that's a better sell than you explaining like. All these data models and structures, and what what graph theory is. Yeah, I mean, I think that you show people the tangible benefits, and it's also, you know, the creators of GraphQL have also acknowledged that the name is extremely misleading. It actually has nothing to do with with graphs and nodes and edges. So it's funny whenever you come across APIs that insist on using that terminology because it's not a requirement. And certainly, if if you're not using an underlying source that isn't a, a graph structure, you're just potentially alienating people who are uncomfortable with that terminology. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think uh, sometimes, as engineers, I think we could be a little too smart for ourselves. And I think the products and projects that win are the ones that introduce people into the fold and not introduce the same. So if, like, if GraphQL, and I know that the name is a little offsetting and doesn't really actually describe it, but if they only targeted the graph database people, I think it would be a harder sale. Yeah. Uh, but I think because they were solving a problem in their own space, which was like the web space, and people who aren't building graph databases, then I think the adoption made it interesting. And I think when you're able to approach a new problem and present it to new people, I think Rust is a good example of this where they're making systems level programming adoptable to a good amount of people. I think there is still a lot of work, and I think Rust is still a challenging mindset or a construct to actually understand. Because not, if I'm doing JavaScript and making animations in CSS, like I might not be the best candidate for Rust, but I think I can approach it because the way they've approached their community and their documentation. Yeah, I think that you know making things accessible is something that makes me really excited about. The Jamstack and GraphQL and this sort of space because, you know, it wasn't too long ago where the dev community would be like, oh, you don't know C. Well, you know, you're no good. Sign off of Slashdot. So, you know, I feel like Jamstack community, places like Dev2 are really great places for people to get involved and really to promote, or, or a better word would be empower people to know that they can build cool stuff and they now have the tools to do it. Yeah. So I'm curious like going forward like what does take shape standing standing apart from all the other CMSs, all the other Jamstack products that are out there like what's the benefit of me using take shape over something else? Yeah, I think that first and foremost take shape as a company our mission is to build tools that people want to use. And so we started off with this headless CMS because that was a hole in the market, and we've seen the need of the developer evolve. And so we don't want to be thought of as just simply a CMS. 
we want to be a platform of tools that the Jamstack developer reaches for. And it's a way that we can, you know, help build the ecosystem and really be like a good player, help people use other tools that they wouldn't incorporate in their project if it wasn't easy to do so. And so that's really where we see as sort of our positioning in this ecosystem and, you know, why we're excited to be here. Excellent. So I'm curious also, how much does cost? Because it seems like you're going to a pathway of a simple framework or a workflow for you to integrate into your sites. Like you're, you're choosing Nunjucks because it takes away some of that. It adds simplicity to sort of getting templates onto your page. And then you also have the CMS. And then it seems like you may, maybe have a partnership with Netlify or you maybe just using webhooks to trigger Netlify events. But so, like, what is next and how much does this cost? How much does it cost? Well, we have a free to use forever developer plan, and we're like very excited about that. And it's sort of, I feel like the cost on our platform follows the typical 80 20 rule where, you know, your small amount of customers use the most amount of bandwidth. And the way that we've monetized our service is that those customers tend to be our heavy hitters, our enterprise users. And as TakeShape being a SaaS product and a multi-tenant one, you know, we're able to serve more people for cheaply at at economies of scale. So that that like the platform having a lot of customers makes it easy for us to drive down the cost and give people that free developer plan for their personal projects. Okay. Excellent. That's fair. So we Talked about your origin story and how you, uh, you and your co-founder actually got this together. Yeah, we didn't actually talk about like the the room you're sitting in and I guess the program that you're part of. So I'm sure there's a lot of individuals out there who are building projects that could hook them to the Jamstack. I, I'd love to if you just touch a bit about the uh, I guess is it the incubator that you're a part of? Oh yeah. So Take Shape is participating in the TechStars Philly that is hosted by Comcast and Lyft Labs. And so it's a three-month program, and what we're using it for is we're using the amazing resources at Techstars to sort of jumpstart our mesh product. And so they're really, you know, have amazing mentors who are helping us out. You never stop learning and growing as a person and as a professional, and Mark and I have found this an amazing opportunity. And I would encourage, you know, anybody out there who has, like, an idea who you know that has potential business or entrepreneurial spin to it to go for it because I definitely waited you know too long in my career to think that I was capable of doing something like that. Okay, cool. That's a uh, pretty inspirational. Is the the Philly, I guess, arm of this uh, program is this new? Because I, I know of Boulder or is it Denver? I don't know which one it is. Yeah, it's, it's Boulder. Um, TechStars is amazing. They have. Programs in every city, almost in the U.S. Like, oh, really? So New York, I did not know that. New York, Boston, Philly, Boulder, of course. There's other corporate-sponsored ones, but yeah, their mentality is sort of a little bit different than YC, where they have like 300 companies in just the San Francisco Bay Area, but they have the same number of companies spread throughout the country. But they all run the program at the same time. Okay. So it's sort of a similar setup to that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah, I highly recommend anybody who's interested in polishing off their project or taking that idea that they've been doing for, sounds like, uh, years. Like if you're working <laughs> on your own 
little Jamstack automated platform, uh, definitely share by uh, getting funded <laughs> for sure. So if you don't mind, uh, I'd love to transition us to picks. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know if I prepped you enough, but jam picks are picks that keep us going. Uh, it could be music, food, technology related. And uh, so I tend to have quite a unique variety of picks. So if you don't mind, I'll go first so that way I can, you can uh, sort of brainstorm. Amazon Prime is like, it's a place where you could ship stuff for like two day shipping or sometimes same day shipping. Yeah. But obviously they have the video platform where you could like Prime Video. Nice. So like it's something that it's, because it's always been a really bad interface, like on the web, and I never had a Fire Stick to like want to actually use the video platform on like the lean back experience on the TV. But recently they launched like a feature that Chromecast actually has Prime enabled. Thanks mm-hmm. uh, Amazon and Google for making up. So I've been watching a lot more Prime shows, and uh, I just cranked through a couple of them. So I think one that's really awesome is The Boys. It is. I think I like downloaded the entire season because you can also download oh, nice. episodes on your like iPad or whatever. So on my flight home from Barcelona, because I spoke at Full Stack Fest, uh, which went great by the way, I watched the entire like run because it was it was a ten hour flight. So I watched the entire run of the entire series, ten episodes, and it was <laughs> it was really good. It had me had me going. Also, I could not go to sleep, so it was perfect perfect timing. My second pick, though. I can't remember. I met you in New York, but I don't know if you were living in Brooklyn. But there's this place in New York called Artichoke Pizza. Oh yeah. If you're in New York, like people know about this, but yep. they only recently, in the last couple of years or maybe a year, came to the Bay Area. Nice. So they had one in Berkeley, and then it's opened up another one in Temescal in Oakland. So if you're in the Bay Area, you probably know where that is. But I, ch- I had it for the first time two weeks ago, and it was amazing. So good. Yeah. yeah. So I highly recommend if you're in Oakland or Berkeley or New York. Grab artichoke pizza, but what I hear is that the lines are usually longer in New York. Almost always. <laughs> yeah. So in the Bay Area, so my my friend who went with me is from New York, and they were just remarking on how it was just so easy to like even like find a seat because there's like actual seats that you could actually sit down and eat too as well. Yeah. The original is just like a counter. Yeah. And there's a line out the door, so that's probably what he was used to. Yeah. Well. I guess uh, come to the West Coast. It's the best coast for artichoke pizza. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll follow on with your, your food pick, with my food pick. And so in Philly, I've been very happy to discover that they have amazing tacos in Philly. Oh, um, okay. I wouldn't think of Philly as a taco city, but there's an amazing place called South Philly Barbacoa that has amazing barbacoa tacos and they do like a whole traditional barbacoa where you know they start probably like the night before and you know roast a whole lamb and then they chop it up and they make these amazing fresh tortillas so that that's inspired me to like go home and be better at cooking and and also to eat more tacos and my second pick haven't had much time to watch shows, but while I'm coding, definitely into listening to a lot of music. And I've sort of had a, a middle school metal renaissance recently. Um, I got to go see Iron Maiden in Brooklyn last month, and and that sort of like, you know, brought me back to to old days. And you know, been listening to some classics, some, some number of the Beast, and uh, you know, just like something with a nice energetic uh, beat to work to. So yeah, some foot tapping music. It sounds like exactly yeah. Which I guess with the double bass pedal, it's like some intense 
foot tapping. For sure. Excellent. Well, I'll let you get back to rocking. And uh, Andrew, <laughs> I just want to thank you very much for coming on the show, talking about Take Shape and talking about your little origin story and also mentioned about Techstars too and how that program works. So hopefully people are aware of places they can sort of pitch their idea. And uh, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 